0: just send us an email. Use the contact button on our website, retirementunlimited.com, or just give our office a call. our phone number is 951-684-7011. You know, we're heading towards a recovery, but are we headed towards a recession? There's, there's several things that we keep an eye on. Some of the key points of last year, for example, that, the fears, the high high fears that never happened, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, this last fall, us and many people were talking about um, what's going to happen with inflation. Right. Not is it going to have inflation because we did, but is it just going to keep running away? Will the Fed be unable to bring down inflation? That was a big fear. Um, energy in Europe, I mean, I remember that was a, a huge concern of with, with the Russian-Ukraine conflict, they're not being able to get gas you know, flowing into Europe. Right. What's Europe going to do? What's prices? And they've generally... Uh, weathered that storm right you know the, the germany i know is putting out a lot of other energy sources
0: well they turned they turned their coal plants back on and yeah. they also turned their nuclear back on so they had resources they had just shut them down yeah and so now and of course they've been you know so to speak blessed with a mild winter they have not had extreme mm-hmm. cold throughout europe and uh, it's helped them a lot with the use of energy
1: yeah and then the other one was China's pandemic responses. You know, China was locked down for a while. And we thought right. that, what's that going to do to the world economy? And China has since, and actually recently opened back up.
0: And the way they opened up was a surprise to everybody. Yes. I mean, it's like one day everybody was locked down. The next day, everybody can do whatever they want. So they just, I think the, the Lunar New Year for uh, mm. for the Chinese populace, but it just opened up. I yep. mean, it was, it was, it was, it was such a stark difference between what they were doing one day. And then the next day, everything was different.
1: Right. Another item is even the shipping containers, and that's a good example of the results of some of these items. Shipping containers were at all time highs and right. hard to find one, hard to afford one. And that has come down significantly. Yeah. Right now they're, they're back to normal 2019 levels. So these were kind of the context of the, this last fall, what everyone was feeling, what they're considering. And now that we've come to, we're just starting February, um, we, we want to talk about today of, of kind of what what's next. Yeah. You know, after we got through these fears, we got through some of this stuff. We are still in a unique inflection moment, but we want to talk a little bit about where we are and what the, what the economy looks like.
0: And again, where we're at right now is an advent of what happened over 10 years ago. So we mm. go back to 2008, 2009 and during the real estate crisis. And we really have not come out of that. You know, on top of that, we had COVID, but we had these easy... Uh, financial policies, low interest rates, Mm -hmm. and everything that the government did to stimulate the economy. We're just now getting to the end of that. Mm -hmm. And basically January of last year was the, I I think there's an advent, a change. Yeah, an inflection point. We're we're going to a completely different structure going forward.
1: Yeah. We talked about this a little bit in an earlier episode saying the last 10 years, if you were in, (laughs) because of the low interest rates, if you were in uh, high growth tech type stocks, right, uh, which even just generally growth stocks over the last decade, you did great. There's right. a lot of good things. And value stocks, ones that paid dividends, didn't do, they didn't do bad, but they didn't do nearly the as well.
0: Money went to what I consider the more, um, and, and, and you know, and I, I don't want to put all companies into this label, but I consider the the more uh, i don't to say speculative companies. Sure, I yeah. guess the best way to say that. Well, there's that a number would
1: be, a number of those, like Tesla, being example, they didn't have a whole lot of earnings didn't have a whole lot of profits to rely on but there was just the potential of an amazing future
0: but i think also the offshoot i mean you got crypto you got yeah. uh what nfts and uh, mm-hmm. these things that in my mind um they they beg for some understanding of what the value is mm-hmm. to the to the mm-hmm. buyer
1: yeah and now we might be seeing this inflection to where people are no longer as enamored with the future potential or growth, but with real present-day earnings, and the big shift in that is interest rates. When interest rates are very low, there's a any sort of growth is very valuable in the future. Right. But with interest rates are higher, the kind of the the sentiment becomes, well, what what can you pay me in the next year, in the next five years? And so, stocks that are paying dividends, stocks that are value-based, are, are likely going to have a, a heyday. And, and this returns to an, a number of things. One of the things we talked about was savings accounts. Mm-hmm. You know, people who have been savers of the last decade following all the right advice may not have felt so great about it. it.
0: And I remember sitting down and talking with clients back in 2009 2010 I said you are paying for the mistakes of the mortgage the margin mm-hmm. blow the you know the mortgage blowout because I said they're paying back because they're not giving you any interest on your savings. Yeah. And I said that is being translated into for healing and kind of reimbursing for all the mistakes that were made. And a lot of clients were, they didn't quite understand that. But I said, your savings rates have gone down to zero. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to push out this money and to go to, you know as I see it, correcting what was really a big error yeah. on, on the mortgage department.
1: Yeah. And so getting back to some um, prudence, I guess, to say savers who are being diligent to put money away. Are starting to receive reasonable rates i mean cds and some high yield savings are getting right. into the fours right which you know are not are not stunning but they're they're functional you know there's a good rate well, again.
0: they're substantially different than what they were 10 years ago Yeah, I under one percent two years ago yeah where you couldn't find any savings rates above one percent yeah um you know it was it was just a, it was kind of like uh kind of a focus at that time where people that have been really thrifty their whole life and they didn't want to take a lot of risk and they were just trying to find a place to put money where they could earn some return on it. They couldn't find it. Yeah. Right. So what were their choices? Right.
1: Yeah. They go into bonds, which we know have been very volatile, much right. more than historically they wanted to. They go into dividend payer paying right. stocks, which were not that great. So the inflection point that we're seeing is the last decade um, had this high growth, you know, kind of higher risk um, benefit. Right. Whereas now with this inflection point, you know, it appears we're going to have savers. You know, regular safe money will will be functional again. Value-based stocks, value-based investing. I mean, bonds have been brutalized, but bonds likely have a future. Right. You know, They are probably at a good reset point to say, based on interest rates, there's, there's a future here.
0: And we talk a lot about bonds. In fact, bonds are a stronger indication of what the macroeconomics are like. I mean, much more so than stocks. I think um, the stock market, the growth stocks over the last 10, 11 years have had a phenomenal mm-hmm. return. Starting in January of last year, they got hammered. Yep. And I think the adult showed up in the room and said, mm-hmm. okay, kids, you can't be just playing with play money. This is not monopoly. This is real life. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden there was a contraction that most people were completely surprised. Now, at, you know, in, in all fairness, that contraction threw a lot of good companies down at the same time. And there's still a lot of companies now that are probably under pressure that are probably good values. But at the yep. same point in time, the steady companies and the biggest, I mean, you know, energy companies have become the big um, uh, recipient mm. uh, saying well, you can't run a country our size and our economy without having natural gas, gasoline. You got to have energy. And that was really under pressure for the last 10 mm-hmm. years. You know, mm-hmm.
1: so we get to this point where, you know, part of the adult in the room is the the Fed, as most people know, uh, the, the Jerome Powell, the Fed has been increasing interest rates. Right. and we're coming to a point where, you know, this week might be the last one. Who knows? We'll see if there's one in the future. But they've increased interest rates to get us to a point where they think the economy is going to be stable. Mm -hmm. And in trying to learn from um, errors of the past with other Fed chair, I anticipate once they get to a point, they're going to try and hold that Mm-hmm. As long as they think is reasonable until they have to start lowering interest rates. Um, so and we know we...
0: reason for them to lower interest rates is if the economy starts to move into a radical recession. Yeah. I mean, everybody, I mean, we talked about in previous programs, this is the most anticipated recession ever in history. Yes. Yeah. Now the question is, will we have it? And will it be a soft landing? There's some economists believe that that we will we will bypass and we'll miss what I can what we consider the recession the reason we got 10 and a half million people still looking for jobs. Yeah. So I mean, you got I mean, I should say jobs looking for people, I should say the mm-hmm. other way. So you got you got this you got this low unemployment rate which is unusual with a recessionary talk. Normally you could start to have high unemployment, not low unemployment, right? I mean, mm-hmm. this is a different this is a different outcome. Yeah, if
1: we're, if we're going to have a recession here, it's going to be a unique recession. Right. Um and so as we walk into this, you know, part of the things that we're looking at is trying to see, you know, put our finger in the air and see what's going on. And the way we do that is we look at a bunch of different, you know, indicators, indices, uh, and kind of what, what's going on. And so probably we want to walk through some of these to see where where we're at. I think one piece of this that's very interesting is where we're at in inflation. You know, what what the Fed is using in their inflation numbers are these lagging indicators. And they've discussed this in some of their meetings and they prefer these indicators. Mm-hmm. But one of them exactly being housing. The housing indicator they use is about a month behind. Right. There's another housing indicator called the Case-Shiller Index, and it, it tries to be much more accurate as of the moment. And, and the difference being that we saw the Case-Shiller Index peak in June. Mm-hmm. So June 2022, it peaked, and it's been coming down, meaning that housing has been getting cheaper. Most people probably don't feel that yet, right. but but that's the reality of what's been happening. But in the Fed's numbers, they don't see that coming down just because they're using a different index. So the, the piece of the inflation that is real estate and, and renters is still high in their minds. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be an interesting, some economists who are saying, you know, the Fed needs to slow down and, and, and stop raising mm-hmm. interest rates because we've already peaked. We're already coming down. They're going to push us into a recession. They're looking at things like the Case-Shiller Index, whereas the Fed is still looking at numbers that are still, still high. Um, with that, the, the Consumer Price Index, part of a measure of inflation, is still at 7%. Um, well, I guess with seven percent, sorry, December, December, November, it's at six percent currently.
0: It's coming down.
1: It's coming down, and it's not to where they want it to be yet. So right. they're staying true to the course, um, but we're not there yet. You know, and that's that's a piece that we're looking at to say, okay, the, the economy cooling.
0: And it's really important for our listeners to know that the drop off inflation has been one of the most rapid drop offs in inflation since going back to the early '80s. So what uh, Jerome Powell is doing and mm-hmm. what the Federal Reserve is doing is really causing. Causing interest rates or inflation to drop dramatically. Is it going to get to the two percent level that they desire by the end of this year? I don't know. I, I I have my doubts it'll get that low because of the the low unemployment and the demand. But yeah. clearly, there's certain sectors within the economy that that employment they're starting to lay off some people. We're starting yeah. to see unemployment climb in those particular sectors. So. Yeah,
1: and that's a great comment. As we have it coming down quickly, the question for a lot of people is. You know, at what point does the does the Fed need to do something different to to stop it from coming down quickly and level back out? Right. And uh, the hard part is it's it, a
0: big ship. It, to turn. Yes,
1: it's a, it's a giant train. It's a big ship. It it it's not the economy is not something that's nimble and that the Fed has complete control over. Right. You know, they will have they've they've taken action to start bringing things down and it's being successful, which is great. The question that many people ask is at what point will they stop trying to bring it down, and at what point will it then kind of level off? The concern is that it goes, you know, 6%, 2%, you know, in the inflation, they get down to the 2% they want, but it keeps going and it gets you know, almost into deflation. It would be a recessionary concern. Um, but yeah, that, that that's, that, we're moving in the right direction. And that's yeah. looking back to last fall, there is concern they've never be able to tame inflation.
0: Yeah. I mean, the leading economic indicators, maybe we can talk about that in our next section, but yeah. the leading economic indicators are showing that we're headed towards a recession. I mean, from that standpoint, but there's a lot of contra stuff too. I mean, there's a lot of things that go next to that. And I keep stressing the uh, low unemployment. I I think that's a big factor. But consumers make a big part of our overall economy. It's 70% of our overall Mm -hmm. economy. And where is that consumption coming from? And where will it weaken in certain areas? So let's continue our conversation as we go in. But let's talk about leading economic indicators in our next segment. Stay tuned. 8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through TriCourt Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade member FINRA SIPC MSRB.
1: AM590, the answer.
0: So let's follow up with our conversation. Let's talk about leading economic indicators because we have we have really smart people, some economists that we follow, that have different opinions about some of these.
1: And the hard part is that most people Follow the headlines. Right. Us included. You know, you, you read the headlines, and headlines are meant to be sensational. They're meant to be grabbing. They are not the complete story. Right. And often when you read the whole article, whether it's the Wall Street Journal or LA Times or New York Times, whatever you're reading, when you read the whole article, it's related to the headline. But even then, it's, it's slightly different. There's different
0: there's different information. Yeah, in there.
1: And so to get to really get a sense right. of the economy, the thing that's hard for a lot of people is there's a lot of news in our news cycle coming through. There's a lot of headlines. That aren't the full picture. So we try and cut through just the headlines and get to economic indicators. Um, and leading economic indicators are ones that are at the front of the pack. So when this specific item goes one way, we expect the economy to follow. So one that we'll talk about first is the M two money supply for for most people. So, so what is M two? Yeah, it, it
0: sounds like a military.
1: Yeah, it does. Yeah, it, 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 it's a. Um, it's a measure that I think most people find it to be Greek or some sort of, but basically it's our money supply. How much money is out there? I mean, people know that the fed is, is printing money at, at, or the, the treasury is so printing during, money.
0: During the pandemic, uh, the M2 went up, I'm assuming, right?
1: Went up. Yeah. And M, there's M1, M2, M3. The, the difference is, is how much you count. Like what are you, And M2 is, is what we consider the best one of counting basically all the available money. So money in your pocket, money in my bank, money in the listeners investment accounts. Um, it, it's all the available funds. And, when you have more and more and more money, those that money is chasing the same amount of goods, and so often you'll see price inflation. You'll see inflation because things. There's a lot of money trying to get. Think this about the car. cars.
0: If you have a limited number of cars and yet everybody's got money, yep. What happens to the price of cars? I mean, everybody, you know, listening to us. If you went in and bought a used car or a new car over the last year, you probably had to pay a premium. You for that that a lot, yeah. Right?
1: And on the other side, when the the money supply is lower, when people just don't have as much money around the goods the prices can come down. So well, who
0: controls the M2? Yeah,
1: so it, it's 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 interesting it's not a direct control right. The treasury right. of course can print more money and they can stop printing more money. But it, it also has to do with you know how much money gets uh, patrioted out of the country, how much money is here, how much foreign investment we have. It's it's a full picture of how much money is available. And so for this the M2 has been going up and as a lot of people know just from headlines even the last decade it's been going up faster and since COVID, it has been going up extremely fast and there are some concerns and mainly because they're So going money.
0: back again going back to 2008 2009 because they yeah. because they printed more money because they lowered interest rates but then COVID hit so there's a reason why m2 drove went up dramatically right
1: yeah because they're putting more money in the, right. in the system and you think of the stimulus checks that went out right well when we say printing money in the olden days it was actually printing money here, currently, they're just adding zeros to- Digital. You know, yeah, digital. Hit the button. Yep, now there's more money that exists. And on one side, it doesn't matter because however much money is out there, just the, balance, the prices balance out. But for a person, for individuals, you see all the prices going up and your job may be paying you more and maybe not. So it's a measure of the entire economy. And M2 has peaked. M2 mm-hmm. uh, was back middle of last year. It peaked and it's been been coming down. Steadily. Steadily. And, and so, we, we,
0: and there, there's a reason why it, why it's peaking and why it's coming down. Obviously, the money is being taken off the table, so to speak. Yes.
1: Yeah. And there's, there's a mechanism where they do it with, with buying or selling US treasuries. That's the mechanism that if they buy up the treasuries, they're pushing out money. If they sell the treasuries, they're pulling out money. And there, there's mm-hmm. some control mechanism that they, they try and take, but they know that the economy is this big and their control mechanisms are, are this big. Yeah. And so they're, they're trying Very to smart. balance this. So as M2 comes down, uh, we anticipate that leading indicator to say, well, inflation concerns are coming down. Um, how fast, how quickly, that's to be seen. But when money, when M2 money is going up, we can expect inflation. Now that's coming down, we can expect there not to be the same kind of inflation. So that's one leading indicator um, that maybe speaking of recession, right. maybe speaking of just that the economy is cooling. The other that we want to talk about a little bit is the inversion of the yield curve. Oh my
0: goodness. Boy, we are we are really popular at yes. parties with this one. This is we? a tough
1: one. So there's a paper years ago that came out and said when the return you would get from a two-year bond or a three-year bond, a short-term bond, compared to a long-term bond, they would expect that if you lock up your money for a longer period of time, the you'd be able to get more interest. Right. That's normal. So a 10-year bond would have a higher interest rate than a short-term bond. Well, when they invert is when the 10-year is paying you less than the short-term mortgage. Because
0: it's just from a logic standpoint, if I'm loaning somebody money for 10 years, I would expect a higher interest rate on that money than if I'm loaning somebody for two years.
1: Yep. But currently, you could loan someone money for two years and make more money
0: wow. than well, if you loan for 10 makes years. no sense. There's
1: no incentive to loan for 10 years. So when this has happened and what the paper kind of uh, the, the hypothesis is that when those two curves, when they invert, when short-term bonds are paying more than long-term bonds, is that you're signaling a recession.
0: So the logic there is that if I think that a recession is imminent, I don't want to tie up my money for 10 years. I'm going to put it at shorter term. Hence, the demand for short-term bonds goes up. Hence, the interest rate goes up. Yep. And that's what we re- refer to as an inversion. And it's also, it's probably one of the more clear signals that we've seen in the past that is an indicator of a recession coming, right? Yep,
1: Yep. a recession is coming. And the hard part is they'll say this is predicted you know seven or 10 out of the last seven recessions right meaning you can get some false signals right. you can have the the two yields invert and then nothing happens and they return back to normal but that is an indicator to say we're expecting a recession what's interesting we have the economists that we, we work with and we talk with for everyone that that likes one of these indicators and says yes, that's it. This is telling us something. You have another who just is dismissive. <laughs> ah, I mean, that used yeah, to work, right. but that's that doesn't matter doesn't now. This is the one that matters, and that's kind of why you have that. You know, so many talking heads, so many headlines, and of people and with and different. It goes opinions. back to
0: our earlier comment. The economy is distorted because of all this money and all these uh, things that we went through in the last almost well, going back to two thousand eight. I mean, it yeah. really has distorted the economy going forward a little bit.
1: And what will it mean as we go? And that, that's part right. of you know clearing out um, the money that's there. But also, how hard will the recession be? Will we have a recession? M2 coming down, I think, is a great outcome for most everyone. I think people agree it's good. However, what 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 pain will that produce? Yeah, I think there's there's an unknown there. Um, we always say that it's, it's hard so to predict.
0: If it is ex, it's a glut of savings, too. So as savings gets used up, M2 will naturally fall. Now, for those people who haven't saved, if their wages haven't kept up with the cost of goods and services, yeah. there's going to be a bite. Because yes. all of a sudden they're going to have to reduce what they pay for. In other words, they're going to have to do a lot more shopping, or they have to keep their car longer. They're going to have to yes. hold yeah. off on improvements to their house. Those, all those things, and you take it across millions of decisions that are being made in our country, it has an impact upon the overall those economy, right?
1: And for most people, you know, we talked about there's been layoffs, and the big tech companies have had some layoffs. For most people, this has not hit the household yet. You know, eggs have gotten expensive for other reasons. Gasoline over the summer was very expensive. It's come back down.
0: Unless you're in California. Unless
1: you're in California, yeah. it'll never come back down. Um, yeah. gotcha. But with, with, with all these things kind of going up and down, there's, you know, the housing starts of you know, building new houses and tech companies, they're feeling some pressure now. Right. But they've not yet passed that to individuals in a way that is as meaningful as it may be soon. So we might be seeing in the coming months is... Um, harder times for individuals to make purchases. And that's that's where the recession will start We'll start feeling it. Mm-hmm. Um, so those leading indicators, what we're watching is to see how the timing of this, as well as when we always say, it's, it's hard to predict, but we want to react. We want to be aware of what's going on.
0: Yeah, and I, I think, again, reaction means that we want to do, uh, we want to look at the macroeconomics. We want to make decisions based upon it. And we believe that macroeconomics is a way that you would make tactical decisions about your yeah. investments. Going back to the first part of last year, you know we made obviously a tactical decision to reduce the uh, duration of bonds to because we knew that interest rates were going to go up, that was going to have a negative impact upon bonds. So those are things that we do, yeah um, and there's
1: also that translates to households, you know right. Who, do you take a big vacation this year? Do you uh, change jobs right now? I mean some of that is independent of just the finances. but having a good view of the economics is economics are separate at times from the market, what you see in the stock market and what you see on Main Street. right Some days they are identical. <laughs> Other days they split. And, you know, for people to pick, make good choices with their money involves investing. It also involves their life choices and, and kind of what they get through. And we don't yeah, make your choices is
0: a big deal, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, so many people feel pain, but it's because they made really poor decisions right. earlier, right? And so
1: if people know that there's potentially some lean years coming, it's a good moment to be saving. It's a good moment to be stable. Mm-hmm. It's a good moment um, to uh, you know, batten down the hatches to some extent, mm-hmm. knowing that in the future will there be other seasons where growth is great. and. Mm-hmm. Um, be more liberal with what they're doing. But it's, it's a good moment to acknowledge that there's potentially some um, stormy clouds in the future.
0: Yeah, I think, again, going back to the fable of the three pigs, you know, the pig that built the mm. uh, stone house and his two brothers were out playing and and uh, kind of thumbing his, thumbing their nose at him. There's a real truism to that in the mm. sense that you want to be, during times that are good, you want to be saving because the bad times may be coming. And again, we don't know if it, how severe the bad times may be, but at the same point in time, we're trying to help people make smart decisions with their money. If you'd like to know more about what we do, please just go to our contact button on our website and say and ask whatever question it is. And we wanna be able to sit down alongside of you and help you make decisions that you build the life that you love. Thank you for listening.